Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is March 8, and our chapter for today is Joshua 23. We have come a long way, and a lot of time has passed since our last chapter together. Joshua has led the people to conquer the land as much as they incrementally can do. Remember, God didn't just give the people all at once all of the land, and there were reasons for that. If God had just given them the land, quite honestly, they wouldn't have known what to do with it. They had to conquer it little by little, and the reason was several. One, they needed to understand that that's the way that God works. Secondly, they need to understand that it was by His power, not theirs. Third, if they incrementally got it, then they could conquer it and they could assimilate into the land and they could treat it in the way that they should because we have all witnessed in history when a people go into a land, an army, and they conquer it, Then they have to occupy that, and that is costly. It takes manpower. It takes money. It takes all sorts of resources. And so God, in his great wisdom, was leading the people along. However, they did not conquer all that they needed to, but there was a time when Joshua knew that it was the season when he needed to divide up the land, and so he did that. And he made the capital Shiloh. Now, Shiloh, Shiloh, as we call it, has very definite coordinates in the Bible. It's one of those places that says it's north of this, it's south of this, it's to the east of this. So we had a good idea where Shiloh was when the archaeologists began to look for it in the last couple hundred years, and they found it exactly where the Bible said that they would because the Bible is accurate every time. Let me just make a side note here. That when archaeologists began to search for things in the scriptures, they used extra biblical sources like Josephus, which, by the way, he may be off on numbers from time to time. That is, his count is exaggerated at times, and sometimes it is less than what it needs to be, depending upon his particular need to tell the story. But one thing you can know for sure is that if Josephus says something was at a certain place, then nine times out of ten, better than nine out of ten, you're going to find it just where Josephus says it was. Now, that's not 100% so. Only the Word of God is perfect and completely accurate. But most of the time, the vast majority of the time, Josephus is accurate. But the Bible, when it gives coordinates, is exactly on, and that's the way it is with Shiloh. And so modern-day Shiloh or Shiloh is a very authentic grade A site. The base of the tabernacle has been found there. 
Because you see, when the tabernacle moved to Shiloh, where Joshua set up the capital of Israel, that's right, the capital of Israel was not always Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, it was on down the stream. Shiloh was the first place where Joshua set up the capital. It was in the middle of the country. It was from the tribe of Ephraim, where he was from, and so it was his home turf, and he wanted the capital there, no doubt. But it was geographically pretty much in the center of the country based upon the land coordinates that God gave in the promised land. It was a beautiful place, and it's beautiful today. And much of the surrounding territory around Shiloh, as much as it was during the days of Joshua and during the days of Samuel and Saul. And when you go there, if you can just look in certain directions, there are no houses, nothing, and you can see the land as it was, as it has been from antiquity. And so it's a beautiful place and a very authentic site. It's a great A site. That's why I take groups there and take men of God there and women of God there so they can learn about it. And it's a very special place of prayer to go and to pray there, and especially in relation to children and the barren women. Many people have gone there and many women and they have prayed and God has answered their prayer and women who could not have children, they have prayed and God has opened up their womb. You say, well now, wait just a minute. Are you saying that you believe there's some places that are more special than others to pray? Of course I do. The Bible teaches that, and I believe the same is true today. God is the same everywhere, but we're not. And many times when we're at a place like that, it builds our faith, and we ask God, and God hears because he's looking for faith. He's looking for trust, and sometimes when we're at a particular place, our trust in God is more evident in our own lives than it is at other places. That's not worshiping a place. We worship the God of a place, but there's some sites that are sacred to God. There's some pieces of real estate on this earth that mean more to God than others. God doesn't have to love every terrain the same. God doesn't love people the same. Now, that sounds like heresy because we've been taught inaccurately that God loves everybody the same. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have to. You say, well, he's partial. No, he's not. How dare you to say God is partial? God is the one that decides what is right and what's wrong. And the fact is, the scripture says that we are to treat all people well, especially those, that's a selection, especially those of the household of faith. God calls some people his beloved, not everyone. You see, I love men and women. I love women. I love beautiful women. I love women who are not as beautiful. But I love women. But I only have one beloved, and that's my wife. And so I don't love all women the same. I don't love all people the same. I love my children in a special way. 
and I have friends, some friends I love more than others. That's not showing partiality. That's just being very much like God because that's the way he is. Not arbitrary, but he is very specific in his love for people. And so the Bible says that Joshua gathered all the people to Shiloh and he divided the land. Then when he came to the point at the end of his life, the Bible calls it the way of all the earth because it's appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. Now there is a mysterion about death because there will be a generation alive until the coming of the Lord and that generation shall not die. We will not all sleep, but we all have to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. That's what Paul told the Corinthians. Those that remain until the coming of the Lord are not going to precede those who are in the grave because according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, those who are in the grave, their bodies will hear. That's an earthly, fleshly thing to hear and to rise. The word for resurrection is the word which means to stand again. Anastasia, it means to stand again. It's from the word histemi, which means to stand. Ana is the word again. Anastasia means to stand again. That's a physical term. That's what the resurrection is. And that's going to happen. So it's a point unto men once to die, but there will be a generation that will not taste death as such. But when Joshua comes to the end of his life, he calls the people together. Chapter 23, and it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about, that is, throughout the land, that Joshua was old and advanced in age. And Joshua called for all of Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age, and you have seen all the Lord your God has done to all the nations because of you. In other words, God so loved the people that he wanted them to get established before Joshua died, and he did. For the Lord your God is the one that fought for you. Joshua wanted to remind the people before he died that they didn't just by their own might take that land. God fought for them. No doubt he talked to them about Jericho. Remember, the Bible's not complete in detail, so we don't have every word of the address. I'm sure he reminded them, not just at this point, but other times, that God had fought for them. They didn't get this by their own hand. And he said, see, in verse 4, For I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes. From the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. In other words, he was saying from east to west. Those are the coordinates that he's given. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight so that you shall possess their land. As the Lord your God promised you, therefore. And so what Joshua has said is, God has been so good to you, he's done all of these things for you. Verse 6, therefore. You see, God's love is not to be taken lightly. God sets his love upon us on purpose for a purpose. He has something he wants to accomplish in us and through us. And so there is a therefore to the love of God. 
We don't get the love of God in order to play with it as a toy. God has given us his love as a tool to use for his glory. Therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left, and lest you go among the nations. And he goes on and warns them. Now notice what he says. He said, therefore, be very courageous to keep and do all this in the law. Courage. Well, I would think that had to do with obedience. Well, obedience takes courage if you're going to do what God wants you to do. You see, if you're going to be disciplined and not go with the flow, that's going to take courage because courage is part of walking with God. And courage has almost left the Christian vocabulary in the West. We're not a courageous people anymore. We're so timid and afraid we're going to offend somebody, we're going to hurt somebody, that we're going to make someone upset at us, and they're not going to like us anymore. And this is not the way that God made us. God made us as a courageous people. See how many times in the book of Joshua the word courageous or be courageous or courage is used. It's one of the cardinal traits and virtues that God commands of his people and especially leaders. Men in pulpits, be courageous. Tell the truth. Love the people enough to tell them the truth. They are desperate for the truth. And the truth is what sets people free. And so Joshua warned the people. He said, now listen, God will be good to you, and he will cause the very side of you, one man, you'll cause a thousand to flee, because they will know that God is with you. But please, please understand that after I leave, there's going to be a temptation for you to do your own thing. Don't give in to that. Be courageous. Because if you go the way of all the earth in disobedience and don't act like his chosen people and forget what God has done, then God will turn you out of this land. God doesn't have to bless you. God is being faithful to the promises he made to the fathers. But please understand, God's mercy and God's graciousness will only go so long. The goodness of God and the mercy of God chases after us. It hotly pursues us. But there is a time when God says, I'm going to let you go your own way. And that's not good for us. And it's certainly not for God's glory. And so... Joshua is about to leave. The great man of God that followed Moses is about to die. And so he will be buried in the land of promise, one of two of the 12 spies that went out. Caleb is already gone. Now Joshua is about to go the way of all the earth. You and I will go that way one day as well. But until then... Let's walk with Jesus as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.